friends, I'm Adrian File. And I'm John File. And welcome to the Love the Process podcast. We've been married 13 years, 12 good ones, and we have four awesome kids. My career has centered around process improvement and leadership development. And I've been an entrepreneur since I was five and I'm currently an owner and CEO of an insurance company and real estate team. We are working to become better versions of ourselves every day. And we invite you to join us as we share our journey and the lessons we have learned in life, business, and figuring out how to love the process to becoming great. Let's go. Hello, friends. We are excited. We are very excited. We have a guest with us today. We have Mike Rohrbach. Mike, we would love it if you could give us a little introduction about yourself. We want to hear your history. Mike is a former Husky football player. Go dogs. Amongst Go lots dogs. of other things. <laughs> well, hey, first of all, thank you for having me. I'm really excited and honored to be together with both of you. And uh, it's a, a real privilege. So little history. I mean, I, uh, my wife and I just celebrated 42 years of marriage on Wednesday. All and right. uh, looking back, uh, just so thankful, so blessed. And it's just been an incredible journey. I've uh, been blessed with four uh, amazing kids and five grandbabies so far. And uh, yeah, just loving the journey. You know, you guys talk about love the process. I love the journey and it's been amazing. And uh, yeah, I mean, we, we can talk about a lot of things. My whole, I guess, journey began when I was eight years old. My grandpa took me to my first Husky football game and uh, I tapped him on the shoulder in the third quarter and said, Grandpa, someday I'm going to play for the Huskies. <laughs> and I look back on that. My grandpa said, Michael, that's a great dream. Go for it. And that's how you began the deal, John, you know, let's go for it. And uh I That's think awesome. back and when I talk to kids, I say, you know, what if Gramps had said, oh, come on, Mike, you're not big enough, strong enough, fast enough. You know how hard it is to do that? No, he said, go for it. And uh, he really fueled my dream. And so I literally wrote that on a piece of paper and put it on my wall. And that, that became my goal. And uh, later on was able to achieve that. And we can talk more about that. But uh, yeah, I'm just, I, I'm one of those kids who got to live his dream. And I feel like I'm still living it. That's so awesome. And so right now you have an organization that you started with your wife, right? Yes. Uh, yeah. 29 years ago, God laid on our hearts, run to win outreach. And we stepped out in faith. Uh, we had worked for 14 years with the fellowship of Christian athletes and we met at an FCA camp. I met the Lord at an FCA camp. And so FCA still to this day remains very special to us, but we felt like God was just starting a new work. And part of our passion was younger kids and having a, a vehicle in which we could share God's love into their lives. And so we launched Run to Win Outreach. And our first summer, we had one camp at King's with 38 kids. And last summer, we had like 92 camps all over the Pacific Northwest. So and awesome. this year, we were slated to have about the same a number. And right now, we're slated to have zero uh, <laughs> other than uh, we are going to do some virtual camps and are holding out hope um, in August to maybe do some things. Uh, we're going to do a fun deal in White Center, partner with one of our great partners, the Yes Foundation, and do like a picnic in the park with social distancing. And they actually call it, uh, they used to do a thing called, well, they've done it every year, called Christmas in June, where they give uh, basketballs, football, baseballs, whatever to kids. And a few bikes sprinkled in and uh, they're not able to do that this year. So we got together and said in August, let's do, you know, Christmas in August and give out balls and maybe a sack lunch for all the kids and do one of our board members said, well, we can't do sports. Let's set up a big obstacle course or something. Oh so we're, you know, trying to do some things. And, uh, that's really kind of my passion is just working with young people and encouraging them and their journey with the Lord. That's what's, awesome. What's what, the age group? Yeah. 
Well, uh, our, our, we specifically target kids 6 to 14, and I guess mostly 6 to 12-year-olds, but we also kind of have a camper-to-coach program. So last year, our 90 coaches we hired, over 30 of them were kids who had grown up going to our camps and then wanted to come back and serve and give and obviously get paid as in a summer job. But yeah, so that's been really fun to see. White Center, I love Hey, you know, I got a little White Center in my heart. My, uh, my mother... Uh, lived in White Center for many years. Uh, it was actually, a, you know, a war of the court and a seven. My aunt and uncle, I came to Bothell. And so White Center and Bothell have a connection in that one of the greatest football coaches we've ever had at Bothell High School, Tom Boehner, played football at White Center at Evergreen High School. Oh, wow. Well, very cool. Well, About Pat that. Thompson. Yeah, Pat Thompson. Her brother is Jack Thompson, who was the throwing Samoan, the uh, All-American quarterback at Wazoo and Wazoo, then the NFL. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Jack and I played against each other, and we like to say now we partner together for the last 20 years to do camps and impact oh, his life. Adrian's dad's a diehard, diehard coog. And <laughs> it's, it's hard to deal with sometimes. But, you know, he's, <laughs> he's relegated himself. He doesn't come to Apple Cup with me no more. Uh, <laughs> well, let me tell you, my dad was born and raised in Oaksdale, an hour from Pullman, and uh, they had – you know, they were into farming and stuff and were big boosters of Cougar athletics. So I grew although I was born in Seattle, I always, I'm one of those few Huskies, like I root for the Cougars enthusiastically unless we're playing them. Right. We're playing them, then it's lights out. But, uh, you know, and one of my best friends is one of the assistant basketball coaches over at Wazoo right now, uh, Jim Shaw and the head coach, Kyle Smith's a buddy of mine. So, you yeah. know, hey, you know, all my Husky fans still love me, but hey, go Cougars <laughs> a little bit too. What's the date of the White Center? Uh, what's the date of that deal? You know, we have not set that yet, but we can okay. keep you posted on it uh, because we just kind of last week brainstormed and talked about, you know, we were going to do a camp uh, last Saturday in the inner city of Seattle for about 300 kids uh, partnering with the Seattle Dragons of the XFL football. Right. right and, right. Uh, you know, we had a grant. We had, we had it all lined up. Uh, they, they reached out to us and asked us to run it. And obviously that didn't happen. In fact, the whole league is now no longer. Uh, but that was kind of a sad day. And then I called Pat and she said, well, we're, we're going to do Christmas in June, you know, this week. And I'm like, okay, we, we got to do something. And so we'll figure it out. You know, these are uncharted waters that we're in right now. And so it requires us, obviously, to, I believe, lean into the Lord, um, you know, seek him, figure out where, where we're going. And uh, but be open to new ideas. And as a you know old linebacker, got hit in the head a lot. Sometimes that's hard for me. But I'm trying to be open and just say, hey, what can we do? And uh, and one of the things, and I think this will tie into love the process. Uh, Coach Don James, who I played for at the UW, he always said, uh, surround yourself with great people, and then empower them to do great things. And so run to win. Our our board's amazing. It's a mixture of great people, and, and they bring amazing ideas, and, and we're trying to run with it. So there you go. I love, I love that. So surround yourself with great people and empower them to win. To, uh, to do great things. Yeah, to do great, great things is what he said. And so, you know, when, when Don James – so I played two years for Jim Owens and was honored to play for him. He was, he was great. Uh, Jim Lambright recruited me and was my linebacker coach, one of them. But uh, – when Coach James came in, like he had him construct this big tower on the sideline of the stadium, and he stood up in the tower with a little notepad, and he really coached his coaches right. and then empowered them to coach us. So it was a complete different philosophy, but it was pretty amazing. And he obviously, 
passed away a few years ago, but is a, a Hall of Fame coach and impacted my life in so many ways and so many other players and, and the legacy that he had in building men of character. Yeah. Don, Don liked to play a little golf. Do you play golf at all? You know, man, I, I played a little golf and, and uh, run to win. We have a golf tournament each year, but uh, it got to where my board said, you know, Roar, you're kind of slowing down the pace. So why don't you just drive a beverage cart and give out uh, Diet Pepsi and Gatorade and uh, Snicker bars? There you go. Come join us. We'll have plenty. Yeah, Adrian, hey, we got a great team. You know, you see the four kids we got, man. They believe. They're like that eight-year-old. You know, Malibu, when she was six, you know, when I had a little, like, flashback to, to Malibu when she was six, when you were mentioned when you were eight. Uh, we were at Cape Canaveral, or we were in Florida at the Kennedy Space Center. We, we were watching these videos, and, and Malibu asked me, she's watching this female astronaut uh, kind of at the International Space Station. She said, uh, hey, Daddy, you think we could have a sleepover in space sometime? I looked at the writers, absolutely. Now, Adrian's out. She has no desire. Uh, <laughs> Canyon, Canyon uh, her younger sister, is fine to stay with Adrian and root us on. But right now, I mean, they're working on it. There's a guy down at the bus stop, Blue right. Origin, you know, and I said, Malibu, this guy right here, he's working on our sleepover in space. And so it's, it's, it's so interesting to me, you know, how powerful what you described is. Uh, you know, when we talk about love, right, um, one of the things that, you know, people are like love and joy, love really for us is it actually comes from, from the connotations of faith um, and, and maybe what, you know, the Bible might say about love, but really this idea of doing things, love is action, mm -hmm. you know, and it's, it's action towards helping others. And so uh, that's a big piece of what we talk about and love the process and really try to live out. And um, one of our core foundational beliefs is, man, if, if, is what is exactly what you guys are doing. If you can put a kid on a trajectory of belief, right, that if he has a burning desire to do something and he's willing to put in the effort, that he can, that he can accomplish it, you know. And, and I'd rather, honestly, you're a linebacker not around a little bit, and I don't know what any of our listeners will say. I've never said this before, I'm sure, on the Love the Process podcast. But I would rather you knock my kid over than to, to limit their dreams. Mm. At, least if you, at least if you knock them over, they'll get tougher. Right, not to get back up, to cry for a little bit, and it'll be a bummer. But when people limit mindset, there's nothing worse to me than watching somebody um, impute their disbelief on a kid. Right, right. We yeah, see that we we gotta stoke their dreams, you know, yeah. and encourage them to go for it. And uh, you know, it's funny you said that because I, I I played in the Pac-8 conference, and it became the Pac-10, then Pac-12. So I'm I'm an old dude, but that's okay. But when our kids would fall down or something, I would just look at them and go, you know what? Shake it off. This is the Pac-8, and uh, so, <laughs> it is so funny now to watch our daughter like with her kids, and they'll fall down and gonna be crying, and she'll go, hey, shake it off. Come on, you're tougher than that, you know. And yeah. they just brush it off. And yeah. I mean, you know, we set the stage. Like if you coddle them and like, oh, poor bit. No, man, like let's get up and let's go. Yeah. And that's really in line. The last couple of things, I guess we've had on here too, is this idea of uh, Adrian's kind of, we have four kids, 10, seven, four, and Tiger, so three daughters, and then Tiger will be two in August, is, is kind of instilling the three Gs, right? Uh, you know, this grit, gratitude, and gumption. Mm. And uh and finding ways to do it. And it's, I would love to hear a little more about your, 
methodology at camps that instills any of those components or anything else in that matter. I mean, I, I love the integration that you have, this idea of, of faith, sports, and community, this integration, this sure. synergy. Uh, yeah. Sports, you know, it's interesting. I've coached the last six years at, at uh, Bothell High School, and I, my, my aunt would never let me play organized football because uh, um, she felt like my, my childhood was tough enough as it was. Um, my first childhood memory, I fell out of a car at like 40 miles an hour. Anyway, and so – Come on. Four years old. And so my aunt, my aunt was kind of sensitive to that. I played every other sport you could, loved sports. Um, but interesting is we, as I've coached, you know, football and worked with football kids, uh, the physicality of the game mm-hmm. coupled with the, the necessity for all 11 people to do their job is fascinating how you can teach life through the game of football. Um, and that's at the high school level. And I certainly can see it at the college level and any other level. You know, what is it like with a six to 12 year old? What things do you do? How do you instill these values? Well, that's a really a good question. I'm going to go back and answer it. I'm going to go back a little bit when you were talking about love. And uh, at Seattle Prep, one of our premises, one of the foundational points that we build on is love win. Mm-hmm. Love wins. So we, we don't talk about the scoreboard. Okay. We talk about, and you began the, the program today, talking about being the best version of yourself. And that's what we really try to instill in the kids, like be the best version of yourself today and that love ultimately wins. And if our goal is to love one another and to love God and love one another, then the scoreboard takes care of itself. Now, that doesn't mean we don't have to put in the work and lift the weights and do the running. And for little kids, you know, they're not like in the weight room big and all that. But uh, teach them to have an intensity and a focus and a purpose in what they're doing and to dream big dreams. And every year, every summer, like we, um, you know, we have a theme for our camp. And, uh, and when we try to center our team time around that and talk about things, you talk about grit. You know, uh, Pete Carroll, that's like his biggest deal. Grit and competition is what he has built the Seattle Seahawks on. Yep. And uh, Angela Duckworth is a brilliant a professor at Penn University. She wrote a book on grit and it's amazing. Like they believe that is the greatest indicator of a person's future success is yeah. how gritty they are. Yeah. So, so even at a young age, we're, we're trying to teach kids to be gritty, to, to get up, to bounce up. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Vince Lombardi, I'll date myself now, but he said the greatest accomplishment is not in never falling, but in rising again after you fall. Mm-hmm. So we're going to fall, you know, uh, defeat, and failure and setbacks just produce opportunities for comebacks. And so that's part of what we talk about. Now you talk about gratitude. I mean, possessing a thankful heart is a huge thing in life because every day we get up and we have a decision to make. We look outside, it's rainy. That happens a little bit around here, right? <laughs> I mean, come on. Uh, you know, even this weekend, they're saying maybe rain. We can get up and go, oh, another rainy day. We can get up and go, all right, cool. On our walk and jog this morning, we're going to get cooled off by the rain. Uh, we decide what kind of day we're going to have. Uh, one of my favorite verses, Psalm 103, 2 says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget none of his benefits. And like, you know, we'll talk to kids. Hey, tonight, your homework assignment, go home and write down 10 things you're thankful for in your life. You know, right? Because sometimes we just like, you know, just kind of take this for granted. That old song, they take paradise and put up a parking lot. You know, we miss some of the good stuff. Yeah. Um, and then gumption, I think it's uh, cool. That's not a word used today. Yeah, but, it's, uh, it's my grandpa's word. <laughs> yeah, well, there you go. And But, you know, those are great words because to me, that's like 
um, I get knocked down, I get back up. Um, and so at Run to Win, I guess, you know, we're trying to build young people of character. Uh, we're trying to build young people who have values. We're trying to build great teammates. Uh, to me, I look back, you know, somebody wrote a book one time on Husky football and I was interviewed in it and they said, what are you most proud of? I said, man, at the end of the day, I was left standing. You know, there were times knocked down, didn't know if you could get back up. And then what I'm most thankful for is the camaraderie and the teammates that, you know, and relationships that I made then and still have. And that's the beauty of sports. And yeah. you know it, coach. I mean, at Bothell High School, when you see these kids come in and your one of your jobs is to meld all these different guys. And, you know, at the high school level, obviously, they're same, from the same communities at the college level guys from all over the country and uh so blending and get the process you know and a lot of guys didn't love practice they loved playing the games uh the truly great ones love practice you know jerry rice every time he caught a pass they say he ran to the end zone he ran a little eight yard slant everybody else caught the eight yard slant turned the corner came back popped the ball to the coach jerry rice ran to the end zone why because he was trying to train his mind and his muscles and his memory to excel and score. You know what and, I love? You know, yeah. So, man, how, you know, if that doesn't light your fire, you're using wet wood. That's good stuff. <laughs> well, and well, you know what I love about everything that you just said and, 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 and so much in, in love in the process is, is that you're studying all the things that you've mentioned so far is success. You're studying success leaves clue, uh, clues, I like to say. You're studying success. Right. Far too much energy is spent on. Why didn't it work? <laughs> Who cares? Didn't work. I mean, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, yes, reflect. Yes, take, take you know, right. stock in what happened. But, man, success leaves clues. And so if you can give a vision and, you know, that run to win, that winning mentality, that winning edge uh, is often a mindset, it seems, that is focused on the right action, that's focused on the possibility of the next thing right? As opposed to dwelling in the past, you know, when you talk about, um, what do you say when you talk about get up, what do you, how do you train kids to get up kind of, uh, bounce up, bounce up, right? When you say bounce up, that's what I hear is, is it, man, teaching a kid the thing to do. Um, and then the one thing that I'm most, um, concerned with, maybe if might be the right word in America today is how inundated kids are so early with messaging of, I'm supposed to be somebody else other than I, who I am. Lots of comparison. Right? That, that man, I, I want to be, you know, I want, and, and we're all made uniquely, right? And we're all made to, to do, you know, and really, you know, if you go to the Bible, it says God will make room for your gift, right? Proverbs 18, 16. Mm -hmm. and, and your gift is singular. And, and so often, and what I'm so impressed with you, and you said I remain standing, is you had the courage 29 years ago and your wife, to go all in on what you felt your gift was. And, and that's to encourage and empower kids to do great things. Really just taking that vision that Don had given you early on in his career. And I mean, just the timing of you being able to be, those are some greats. I mean, you got Jim Owens and Don James. So we're, I'm a member at Inglewood Golf Club. Both those guys were honorary <laughs> members out here. They're, they're legends. Yes, sir. Because, because they understood what it took. Um, and Angela Duckworth, for those who are listening, the TED Talk, uh, if you don't read the book, the TED Talk's about six minutes long, maybe mm -hmm. seven minutes long. Highly recommend a TED mm -hmm. Talk by Angela on grit. Um, 
totally agree. Um, how do you, how do you, in a week, how long are these, how long are these uh, deals, uh, camps? Oh, well, I mean, we have some, most of them are like half day, nine to noon, and then we'll do a one to four. So parents can sign their kids up and they can actually be there all day. We're moving more towards uh, nine to four uh, all day camps. And, uh, you know, last couple of years, like parents would say, hey, we love run to win, but we get tired of running all around Snohomish County looking for you guys. So uh, hearing that, one of our staff said, well, why don't we start doing some hubs? So like last summer, we were five weeks at Meadowdale High School. So instead of going all these different fields, like that's where we were. Uh, but, you know, typically our summer is full of camps all summer long from Olympia to Linden. Last year, we went up to Linden by the Canadian border and did camps there with uh, Jake Locker, the former Husky quarterback, came out and worked with the kids in the football camp. And then Luke Ridenauer, who uh, played for the Sonics and is a dear friend, he came out with his five kids and hung out and work with kids and shared his testimony. So, you know, the day is full of, uh, you know, a dynamic, you know, a welcome, a prayer, a dynamic warm-up, uh, drills, competition. Uh, end of the camp, we do team time where uh, we talk about, like, the lesson might be. This, this summer, our, our theme is champion. So, you know, what are some of the qualities that go into building a champion? Mm -hmm. And so then the team time's on that, and there's a couple scripture in there, and then we give kids a a little Bible card and it has a verse on it, go home, memorize that, come back. Next day we do Bible battle. And so um, the whole process I think is designed to love on kids, encourage them, give them success, um, show them competition. Uh, and at the end of the day, uh, help them realize there is more to life than winning. And the whole run to win is taken from 1 Corinthians 13, where Paul talked about, do you not know that in a race all the runners run? Only one receives a prize, so therefore run in such a way as to win the prize. And so it's about the attitude. You may not win the prize, but if your heart is set on that and that's your goal and you're striving to be the best version of yourself and accomplish much, then ultimately, and I'm not a good loser, I'll tell you that. I like to win. I like, Nobody you know, worth the salt. But it, ultimately, I've never met a man worth his salt that likes losing. Well, and there I you go. But, but, yeah. yeah. But sometimes you got to look for the hidden gems in that. Uh, you know, years ago, um, I don't know, I did, I, one, of, one of my points in one of my messages was build with lasting character something you can be proud of forever. And uh, a couple of nights ago, I got from a dear friend a text, and he had a little clip from a chapel that I had done for when his son was in school. And that little thing was in there. And we went back and forth. It was just kind of a cool time of just encouraging one another. And he told me his company, like their hashtag, or their theme this year is hashtag don't ease up. That's Trident Seafood Company. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I got that. I was like, that, that's going to be my devotional for my uh, board meeting on Thursday. You know, and I put something together because, you know, that dog will hunt. Like, hashtag mm -hmm. don't e ease up. And right now, with everything closed down and all the stuff going on, it, you can tend to have a tendency to ease up and stuff. But God wants us to continue to pursue him and to pursue excellence in everything we're doing. So give us some on that, because I absolutely, you know, I, I, remember, uh, I remember one of the most memorable team meetings that I'll remember leading was uh, the Monday. The governor hadn't shut us down yet, but we've sent most of our team remote, our sales staff, and, and mm -hmm. so we've got a couple, you know, deemed essential so I could go into the office. And, and uh, we've got a couple, three people in a conference room, and, the, and everybody else is on Zoom. Uh, rumors are we're going to go into a shelter in place. We've never, 
you know, experience such a reality in, in our lifetimes. And, and I think mo- mainly in anybody's lifetime here in the United States of America, total shutdown, if you will, of activity. And, um, how do you, how do you, how did you guys navigate that? And then also that vision I had was like, uh, for, I was grateful. I've been grateful and our team, I've been grateful because we were mentally already doing these things, right? Uh, the irony, we were in a book study on uh, man's search for meaning, Viktor Frankl, you know, the guy gets out of the internment camp, World War II, and then writes a book, you know, a week later and, and, and talk about perspective, mm-hmm. you know, but we went on offense and it sounds like you guys went on offense too and innovation, you know, cause you got 92 camps now with the firepower and energy that you normally run those with. What did you guys do in this time? What are you kind of seeing uh, successful companies like Sea Trident Seafood, your other friends that are having success? What are their mindsets? What are their attitudes? Uh, well, you know, the other day in one of our emails back and forth, we said, we, we got to get kids to zoom in, don't zone out. You know, <laughs> so again, it's perspective because, you know, like kids have been in front of computers all, all, all school year now or well, since March and all that, our kids going to, you know, tune in virtually, we're hoping so. Um, so just trying to give them some things that would be encouraging to them and as a staff. Um, we, my wife and I uh, left our office on a Friday, I think it was March 13th, and came home and, uh, and stayed home basically for a couple of weeks, didn't even leave the house type of deal because we're not the youngest guys on the block. And uh, uh, you know, and my wife had had pneumonia in October, so she was high risk. So we kind of shut that down, but we stayed in touch. We have Zoom meetings with our staff. And I think we just approached it like, okay, let's just, we're going to have camp this summer, one way or the other. And so right now, it looks like virtual. Later in the summer, you know, one of our staff said, well, what about like neighborhood camps? So we're spinning that around. Uh, we're hoping to do something, but we're not sitting around weeping and, you know, moaning and groaning like, oh, isn't this horrible? I mean, you know, basically like the phone calls I've made people, it's been a rich time just calling people, encouraging them, you know, how you doing? You know, are you taking advantage of this time? Like, what are you learning? What are you growing in? Part of what I'm growing in is my joy can't come from results. Okay, like I'm a guy, I'd love to be out with six, eight meetings today with people hit, you know, visit this place, that place connecting, can't do that, you know, so what do you do? So you make the most of it, you call them on the phone or whatever. Uh, Young people, you text them because they don't pick up their phones, you know that. But anyway, uh, you (laughs) talked earlier about a quick five. That's my text. You got a quick five. Yeah, I'll tell you a story. Uh, One time, uh, my son looked at my phone. This is a number of years ago. He goes, Dad, you have like 10 or 12 text messages on here. This one, you know, I'm like, what's a text message? And he goes, well, people, instead of calling, and, and he goes, like, five of them are from Lorenzo Romar, the Husky coach. <laughs> so I call low. I go, hey, coach, sorry. Uh, like, I'm not doing the texting thing. My son pointed out. He goes, Roar, you better learn how to text because young people don't pick up their phone. That's how they communicate. <laughs> I said, yes, coach. <laughs> I've been texting ever since and I hunt and peck, you know, I'm not, but I make it work. Uh, you talk about success leads, clues, you know, um, we are trying to do things. We've, we've stepped up like our social media stuff. A guy on our staff is in charge of that. He's tried to do a good news thing every week. Um, one of my board members said, you ought to do like 54 seconds of hope. And we kind of have this funny, like I, my number at the UW as a linebacker was 54. 
Um, it costs about 54 bucks to send a kid to camp. So we started this team 54 and, and we have a lot of fun with, he said, you ought to do 54 seconds of hope or something. Mm -hmm. And so every week I tape a little message of 54 seconds of hope or inspiration or commitment, or last week it was love. And I talked about my wife and I next week, will celebrate 42 years of marriage and, uh, the commitment we made is really special and the word commitment means to connect oneself or entrust oneself for safekeeping and that's what we do when we give our you know step out in faith with the lord and he makes that commitment and trust and trusts us to him and that's what marriage is and that's what you guys know having just celebrated 13 years 12 good um you know it's that connection, that commitment that you know and that's what it's about and so um you know this, this is a journey and we're supposed to enjoy the journey. You know, Jesus said, John 10, 10, I've come that you might have life and have it to the fullest or have it more abundantly. It actually translates like hyper abundantly, like bouncing off the walls. Are we bouncing off the walls? You know, and I got to be honest with you, man, lately it's been tough. I'm not bouncing off the walls as much, but you know <laughs> what? I, I wake up excited to see what God's going to do, you know, and how he is going to hopefully use us as an organization, as individuals to share his love and his hope and uh, be an example for others, you know? Yeah. And it's amazing. Just a text to an athlete, like, "How hope your day's going great. Win the day. Uh, at, at prep, we talk about win the weight, okay? Because yeah. we're all chomping at the bit to go do football, but yeah. we can't. It's shut down. So how do you win the weight? Yeah, it's good. What are you doing? You know, early on in COVID, I, I gained like four pounds in the first couple of weeks. I was home, I, you know, and so I said, okay, COVID-19, I'm going to lose 19 pounds. I set a goal. I'm down 16. And when I hit 19, I'm going to try to do another 19. I'm going to try to lose 38. But right now I'm headed to 19. You know, like what can we do? Like little measuring points along the way. So two, yeah, that's great. That is awesome. Two things I'd love to hit on, um, and I know Adrian jumped in a bit too on on the marriage front. I want to hear that in a second, and, and then and then actually there's three things that before we finish up, I want to hit on. Uh, the other one will be this competition. This I love the fact you numerically compete. You know that you've got a measurable competition in yourself. Um, mm. But the, the other, the first one was is it's clear your faith has is instructing you. And, and has, has provided a, a great influence or, or maybe the influence in your life, you may say. And how would you, to our listeners that are abroad, uh, and yours is a Christian perspective, but that are of a broad background in faith, um, what would you say to the person who, 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 who maybe he said, he's heard of Jesus, but it was really after he hit his thumb with a hammer, you know what I mean? It's like, you know? Like, what would you say to that guy or gal, and and also kids, obviously, that come from all varied faiths and backgrounds? Um, how do you how do you translate that across all humanity? Well, it's like you you had an insight into my family. My dad was a construction worker, and uh, the only time we heard that name was when we were in trouble. That's no joke. And uh, you know, honestly, I, I really had no faith walk, no, nothing like that. And in high school, a friend brought a magazine to school called The Christian Athlete, and it had a football player on the cover, and that attracted my attention. And I went home and read it, and I, I couldn't believe what I was reading because all these different athletes were talking about having a faith, a, a, a joy, a, a contentment in their life that wasn't based on their athletic prowess or success, you know, how many home runs they hit, how many threes they hit 
how many touchdowns they scored. It was based on, as they put it, their position in Christ, having surrendered their life or committed their life to Christ, and he now gave them a new purpose, a new focus, um, you know, if you will, a, a new energy about them. So I read it, and I was pretty amazed by it. And earlier, you talked about kids wanting to be somebody else. So my idol growing up was Dick Butkin, the middle linebacker for the Chicago Bears, number 51. And kids today, a lot of them don't know who it is. So I said, well, you know, go on your phone and look up Dick Butkus, and you will see the most intimidating football player of all time. Thank you. And that's who I was trying to be. To this day, my, some of my teammates at the U call me Butkus. You know, that was – but, you know, and so I was trying to be that guy, okay? And then that same friend said, hey, FCA has these camps down in Ashland, Oregon. Here's a brochure. I took it home. It was like 175 bucks for the week, 1972. My dad said, we don't have the money. So I went back. I said, yeah, I can't afford it. And uh, he said, well, there's a Kiwanis club that my dad's in. And they're giving out scholarships. Well, when I was eight, I said, I want to get a scholarship and play for the Huskies. So I knew that was a good thing. Yeah. So I got a scholarship. And one of my coaches at Ingram, Jerry Ramey, who's a dear friend to this day, him and his wife and two little kids put me and four teammates in the back of their little camper and drove us to Ashland, Oregon. And I really went, honestly, my whole deal, I'm gonna, there's going to be pro and college athletes there. I'm going to learn how to be a better linebacker. It'd be another feather in my cap. And so I went. And little did I know, like my huddle leader was a guy named Mike Ryan. His nickname was Rhino. And he played offensive guard for the USC Trojans. And uh, in 72, they actually won the national championship. To this day, one of the top five teams of all time ever assembled. And this guy just started loving on me. And uh, I'd ask him questions. And, you know, uh, the faith thing for me was a mystery, you know, but he broke it down into four quarters. I'm going to do it real quick. He said, quarter number one is God loves you and has a game plan for your life. I'm like, what? God loves me and has a game plan for my life? I'm not going to do the scripture. Quarter number two is we mess up, man. We fumble. We, we drop the interception. We strike out. We shoot an air ball. We miss the mark. And he said, the term sin in the Bible is like an archery term where you draw back on the bow and arrow, you let it go, and you completely miss the target. That's what we often do in our lives. We miss the target of God's best. So now I'm going, God loves me as a plan. I mess up. Yeah, I do. Uh, quarter number three is uh, God sent a perfect substitute. And he's like, you ever been sub four in a game? And I said, no. And he goes, you're lying. <laughs> and he was 6'3", about 265. I said, well, yeah, a few times. Why? Well, uh, there's times I was, I was tired. I needed a break. What else? There's times I was hurt. I needed, you know, to get bandaged up or ice or whatever. And he goes, any other reasons? I said, yeah, there were times I was jacking it up, messing up. And the coach took me out of the game and put somebody else in to do for the team what I could was not doing. And he said, Mike, that's why God sent his one and all, to be the perfect substitute for you. And then he said, quarter number four is joining God's team. You know, like right now, why wouldn't you want to join God's team? It's a, it's a step of faith. You pray and invite him in. And I looked, I said, Rhino, I'm not ready. And Rhino, he looked at me, he said, that's okay. Just think about it. And so I went around the rest of the day doing all the sports competition, loving it, 500 guys there, 50 college huddle leaders, and just having a great time. And then that night during the assembly, just the different speakers were talking, and one of them said, uh, 
a verse out of Isaiah 53, 6, like sheep, each one of us has gone astray, each one has turned to his own way. And I remember sitting back in my chair and I'm like, oh, are you serious? Like, I'm a linebacker, man. I bite the heads off of little lambs, right? <laughs> and, uh, and then all of a sudden it hit me and it's like, no, man, like you're lost. You're, you're a lost. You need a shepherd, you know? And I went back to my dorm room and I just... For whatever reason, felt compelled to get on my knees. I prayed. I asked Christ to come into my life. Forgive me of my sins. And I said, God, please make me the kind of young man you want me to be. And that was it. I got up. No fire alarms going off. No fire extinguisher. You know, but I had a sense of peace that I'd never had before. I felt like the weight of the world was off of me. And, you know, in athletics, oftentimes success creates pressure. For me, that dream of having a scholarship, getting recruited by schools, I got to have a good year, I got to perform, that can get to you, you know. And now I just had this sense of, wow, that burden is off. Went to bed, next morning got up, I was so excited. On the other mornings, they wake you with a fire alarm going off at six to do right. calisthenics, and I didn't want to do it, grab the pillow, cover my ears. But then I remember rhinos down there keeping attendance, and so I'd get up and do it. That day, that Friday, I got up. I was so excited. Uh, got dressed, went out on the field. I literally looked up into the heavens. I said, God, thank you for loving me. If I can ever serve you, please help me to be available. And then I made a beeline for Rhino. And I said, Rhino, I did it last night. He goes, you did what? I said, I prayed and asked Christ into my life. Then the weirdest thing happened, this big 6'3", 265-pound offensive guard for the USC Trojan grabbed me and started hugging me and started crying. And I tell kids, that freaked me out. <laughs> <laughs> and then the next thing you know, I'm hugging him back and I'm crying. And he said these words to me, and I, I want people to hear this. Like he said, Mike, I believe you've made the greatest decision anybody can entrust in your life. You've connected your life. And that's a big deal. And then he said this, and this is cool too. He said, in the days, months, years to come, you'll be able to say, praise the Lord, and quote scripture and all that. But the key is to walk the talk. It's to live out your faith. Adrian and John, that's the greatest challenge I've ever received in my life. Walk the talk. Mm. Three little words, but it's transformed my life. Have I always done it? No. Have I failed? Yes. Have I failed miserably? Yes. But like we talked at the start of the program, but we get back up. We get back going. And uh, that's what I've tried to do, you know, is live that life of consistency such that the Bible talks about others seeing your good works and giving glory to your Father who is in heaven and kind of, uh, you know, reflect def deflecting the glory that might come to us and give it to God because he's worthy of it. And so when I, that was a game changer for me, man. Like when I gave my life to Christ and I came home and uh, the first thing God led me to do, and I've never heard an audible voice, but at Ingram, like our helmets, you know, if you made 10 tackles, you got a star. If you made 20, you got a gold star. If you blocked a punt, you got a little football on your, you know, if, if you recovered a fumble, you got a little rant. And, and I wanted more stars than anybody. Okay. Like it's like the Ohio State Buckeye helmet. That was, that was our Ingram helmet. So God lays on my heart to cut out a cross about four inches tall and put it on the back of my helmet. Hmm. So, I, so I did that. And you became a chaplain at one point, right? What's that? I'm a chaplain down the line too. I mean, you chaplain for the UW football. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. so I put that on my hat, helmet, and then every time I put my helmet on, it reminded me that uh. I'm not playing for me, I'm playing for the Lord. But then teammates would start going, Roarback, what is that on your helmet? Some new award you've dreamed up for yourself? 
you know, which tells you I was an egotistical dude. And then and I was like, no, man, I'm a Christian. I'm playing for God. Yeah. So when I went to the U, that's the first thing I did. I put a cross on the back of my helmet. And just it was a reminder to me to walk the talk, to live it out. And yes, part while I was there as a player, I said, man, God, someday it would be amazing to serve as chaplain because I've been where these guys have been. And uh, in 1989, Coach James called me into his office and he said, Roar, I'd love to have you serve as team chaplain. And yeah. the guy who'd done it before me was an amazing guy, Chuck Snyder. He did Husky football. He did the Seattle Mariners. Tremendous, godly man and leader and just the humblest guy ever, um, you know, that got turned over to me. And I did that for 17 years. And, and, and we won a national title shortly after. that in 91. Yes. I mean, let's not but our son, you know, our son was playing for the Huskies and was not enjoying the experience under Coach Willingham and transferred to Central. And as a dad, I just decided, you know, if I'm going to tell my son I'm there with him, I better be there with him. And so I stepped down so I could go watch him play. And that was a great joy. And I look back on that. That was some great memories. But I did that. I was chaplain for the Seattle Supersonics for 20 years, uh, two different stints with them. And, uh, you know, I've never sought a position as a chaplain. God simply opened doors. And so uh, that's been a blessing. That's part of our focus at Run to Win is trying to uh, identify and train up people to serve as chaplains for area teams if they have that desire. You know, one of the neatest times, and I know Adrian wants here on the marriage. I know I can see her chafing. Yeah. Hey. Uh, one of the neatest moments uh, we have a kid actually walking onto the UW. Mm. Uh, his name's Christian. And a uh, couple of neat moments I remember uh, with him. In a freshman year, we're at Mount Si, and that place is kind of elevated, and there's just, oh, yeah. it's just packed, and he, and he knows he's getting a start. And I remember him saying, Hey, coach, would you pray with me? Amen. That's awesome. You know, he the first the first punt that's hit to him, he's a running back. And uh, the first punt that's hit to him, he fumbles it, but then it bounces right back to him. I go, he comes over, he's got these big eyes. I don't know if he ever fumbled a punt again in the next four years. Wow. He's got wow. these big eyes, and, he, and I go, huh? God listens. Yeah, <laughs> we still got the ball. You know, it's all good. So, of course, Banner is tuning him up left and right. But so then – I remember, you know, you keep going, uh, and uh, and you mentioned the cross, and this is what I was thinking of, is he had a back plate that would show, you had to pull your jersey down, but you're, when you're warming up, um, and, and I would help with the equipment and stuff too, and so, you know, they needed the zip ties to put these things on, he said, coach, I'm, gonna put, I'm putting a new back plate, and he made a statement, and he had, a, I'm trying to remember the exact Bible verse, but he had a Bible verse on the back out of mm -hmm. Romans, and he put it on his back plate, and, uh, and, and kids followed him. And, and he led us to a state title game. Uh, his, wow. and, and so it's amazing. Um, the master playbook, I heard a guy called the Bible. He said, this is a master playbook. If you, this is my master playbook. He said, if you, you don't have to believe it, this is what I believe. And yes. Irvin Meyer was supposedly asking a guy, he said, what, 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 you know, honestly, not to be trite, you know, what do you, what do you think this is worth, you know, to have this type of, this infused in our in our organization. It's back when he had uh, uh, Tim Tebow and, and those guys. And, uh, yeah. and the guy said, I think the guy I was talking to, his name's Tommy Kyle, and the character coach for all due respect coach. He goes, I think it's worth two touchdowns. No problem. <laughs> so Irvin, Irvin, all the way to the end, he had, he had five, they had five, five character coaches uh, when we, when the Huskies played them in the Rose Bowl. And, and I remember, and then we got to get to marriage, but I remember driving out of there. We took our four kids to the Rose Bowl. It was like a mile away. You had to park our trailer, and we're walking back up there, and I'm frustrated as all heck because we lost, and I hate losing just like you. And, uh, and we're driving out of there, and I get to about Sacramento. Everybody in the car is asleep, 
and uh, and I'm listening to an interview, and it was Meyer, and he said uh, they had a sign in their locker room, both at OSU and back in Florida, that said the same thing, and, and I got a couple made up for, for our company, and uh, it's when we needed you the most, you gave us your very best. When we needed you the most, you gave us your very best. And, and that's, what it se- that's what I'm hearing, that you're putting a vision into kids uh, through your camps, through your heart, through what God has called you to do. And, and I'm just encouraged to, to get to hear um, this today. This is one of my favorite podcasts. But I'm going to let Adrian talk about marriage and working together and not killing each other and all that <laughs> stuff. Really? Cool. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sure. I mean, so 42 years, when you talk about commitment and you talk about walking the talk, how does that look different when you have a sinner living next door, <laughs> sleeping in the same bed as you? <laughs> well, you know, at the end of the day, we're, we're, we're all sinners. We're all just one beggar asking another beggar where they get their bread. But you know what? We, we really honestly felt like God brought us together. We met at an FCA camp, 500 guys, high school kids, 50 college leaders. She's there because her dad was a coach. And so families could come. There were like 10 gals there. And I had a girlfriend. She had a boyfriend. But guys were just, you know, thinking she's cool. And the kids were throwing water balloons. And so we said one day, if you quit doing that in the dorms, we'll let you throw them at us. They're throwing it at us. Some kid turns, throws it up in the crowd, it hits a gal, and I go grab this kid and march him up there and make him apologize. And that was Karen. And a year and a half later, I'm coming through the UW. I just done an interview with Bruce King, and we're walking, and all of a sudden I hear this, hi, Mike. And I look back, I see this gal, and I say to Bruce, I don't know who that is, but she's really cute. I'm going to see you later. And I go over, and I look at her, and she goes, Karen, and I go, where do I know you from? And then I go, that's right, the water balloon. And she goes, yeah. And so we tell people, you know, God brought us together over a water balloon and he brought us together for a purpose. And that was to love each other and be dedicated to one another and to the Lord. When we got married, we not only made a commitment, we made a covenant. And the D word is not in our vocabulary. It is not an option. And that might sound weird to people, but when that is the case, then you're going to work through the tough times. And let's be honest. There's highs and lows in marriage. There are times where you go, what am I doing? What did I get myself into? Not very many times, but if we're honest, there's times, right? And so, but when you realize God's brought you together, then it makes it really, really special. And like we, you know, like Wednesday was our anniversary and we celebrate, but we try to celebrate every day. Like, that we have this joy and this opportunity and this blessing to be together. And God bless us with four kids and, uh, and now grandbabies. And we're like, man, this, like, this is pretty darn good. And that doesn't mean there haven't been struggles and there aren't heartaches and all that. But in the end, we are in it together. And there are days where I'm sky high and she's down. And there's days where I'm down and she's sky high and we pick each other up. We lift each other up. Um, you know, we seek God together. Um, my wife's an, uh, such an amazing follower of Christ and dedicated. I try to keep up with her. And, uh, but together, you know, we're trying to just love one another, love God and love others in a way that uh, it, it lifts their day. It sparks their day. And with the kids, you know, St. Francis of Assisi said, preach the gospel at all times. If necessary, use words. You know, we, you know, just like live it out, you know, like love one another. Hmm. And, uh, you know, First Corinthians 13, if you want a manual, a playbook on love, it's right there, hmm. you know, and 
Love is very patient and kind, never envious, jealous, boastful, or proud, never selfish, haughty, or rude. It does not demand its own ways. It keeps a short list of wrongs. It always believes the best. And there's times I'll get frustrated with Karen, and I'll realize I didn't believe the best in her there, like when she said something. And I'll think she said it one way. Right, Adrian? Oh, yeah. I'm not saying it that way, but I'm hearing it that way, and I'm not believing the best. So then I got to go back and go, whoa. You know, I'm not doing it. But in the end, it says faith, hope, and love remain. But the greatest of these is love. And at the end of the day, we talk all the time. God has given us special love. And uh, we have to just walk in that. And he deserves our best because you said it earlier. When we needed you the most, you gave your very best. That's what Christ did on the cross. In the garden, he struggled. I don't want to do this. I don't want to go to a cross, but not my will be done, but yours. So when we needed the most, he gave the best. And because of that, we ought to do. And again, I fall, fall, sh I, I fall short of that. That's my aim. That's my desire. That's my goal. Yeah, that's beautiful. It's so, um, it's, it's, hard, it's hard, I feel like, because this is not an easy relationship, but it's so worth it and so valuable. And it just breaks my heart when I see, the, I mean, the divorce rates. And that yeah. breaks my heart when I see people not have the hope that this is beautiful and this is worth it, even though it's hard. But things are going to be hard. So how do yeah. we encourage and drive people forward knowing that things are going to be hard, but they're going to be hard in lots of areas? Yeah. Well, you know, um, I'll say this. I'll do a chapel. I'll say, okay, how many of you guys, by a show of hand, want to be known as individuals of perseverance, proven character, and hope. And every guy in that room will raise their hand. I'm going to ask you guys, you want to be those people? Raise your hand. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, you know how you get there? Romans 5, 3 through 5. But not only this, but we exalt in our tribulation, knowing that tribulation brings about perseverance, perseverance, proven character, and proven character, hope. And it goes to say, hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out within our hearts through Christ. And so, it, you know, to get there, we got to go through some fires. And I'm, I'm, I'm one of those Christians. I'm slightly singed, man. I've been through, you know, <laughs> some stuff. But you know what? Again, uh, I'm going to be found standing. And my favorite verse, 2 Timothy 4, 7, I fought the good fight. I finished the course. I've kept the faith. You know what? We're in a battle, okay? And the enemy wants to take us out, so let's battle together, right? But right. You know, I want to keep, you know, I kept, I stayed on course. That tells me, again, God has a plan and a purpose, and we get to cooperate with him in fulfilling it. What a joy that is. It's hard to figure it out, but once you do, then let's go. And then the last, he saved the, 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 la the best for last when he said, I've kept the faith. So that's my deal. I've told my wife already at the end of the day, if, if you can say that about my life, then I have a life that I am uh, very few regrets, you know? So that's marriage, I think, is one of the greatest gifts. Uh, and if God blesses you with someone, man, invest in that person. Make it the best. Now, we were talking the other day. We'll start doing a, a, you know, a project or something. And we won't even talk about it. She'll, go, she'll start doing something. I'll start doing something. At the end of it, we come together and it's done and but we didn't even say, you do this, you do that. It's just how we know each other, play off each other. Yeah. And um, yeah, and we're in it together. And we want to be a great team. Man, this has been, this has been awesome. If we had, uh, you know, a poster of an idea of, you know, a couple who would, who would be past where we're at, obviously 13 years, 42, you and your wife are it. I mean, it's it just that, that but you, from start to finish, that, 
the vision you have for what you're getting into. I think just to, just to practically help folks who are looking to get married, aren't married, might be married, going to get married, like to practically understand the deal. And you mentioned it, a covenant versus a contract. And that covenant deal is, is uh, it's like every, most weddings I've been to, they say the same thing. To better, for worse, to sickness and health, to death, this part. Some variation thereof. Sometimes they don't, but right. most of them I've been to, they have. And, and somewhere, somewhere it, it, it breaks. And, I, and I'm like, well, well, somewhere along the way, we have happened? the emotions take over instead of the action. It's not about what you're feeling in the moment. It's about making, fulfilling the promise and taking. Right. And that's where anyway. love, love, as you say, love wins. Love is action. Right. Exactly. That's what I was going to say. You know, don't tell me you're going to be a great husband, be a great husband. Like, don't tell, you know, and so let's walk the talk. Let's enjoy the journey. Let's celebrate the gift God has given. Yeah. And that's, that's so good. And, and, and even that it gives us great hope that you've been able to work together too towards such a common, a massively common purpose, but that had such a great impact that God's allowed you to have. Um, that's, I think the that's words that you use matter too, that you know, you're looking at it as a gift. This is my best friend. And I think it's important to say those things, to hear those and for right. use the words that you want it to be, whether you're feeling that way in the moment. I don't like sure. them, yeah, but right. I love <laughs> right, right. And you know what else we try to say to one another? We're proud. I'm proud of you. I'll say that. Honey, I'm really proud. of you. Who doesn't want to hear those words? And I, you know, kind of my deal is I'm an encourager. I like coming alongside people and encouraging them, you know? And so like, but hey, I love you. I'm proud of you. I'm so thankful for you, man. If we could say that every day, like how, how filled up would your tank be? You know? So why not our listeners i mean I, I suggest i don't say this very often i suggest our listeners go back and listen to this one again if you listen to now you're at the end of this podcast i would suggest go back and listen actively i'm going to the wisdom that you've brought is uh authentic it's 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 through trial and error i i, I know it when i see it you know as a kid who was a ward of the court when i was seven and Mom left when I was, or dad left when I was very young, mother in a mental hospital, uh, in and mm. out my whole life. I had one thing I had to develop with ability to discern the heart of people. Mm. And, and I'm telling you, I believe that you are coming from a place of doing it. It's like if I was going to climb Mount Everest and a guy's like, oh yeah, it's this tall, man, it's, it's great and the views are awesome and da 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 da. I go, oh, awesome. When's the last time you summited Everest? And the guy's like, oh, no, I've never summited. I mean, I've read all about it. You know, seen pictures of it. I've seen pictures. And <laughs> yeah. buddies, I got three buddies who've told me about it, but I've never done it myself. What yeah. I love about this time is it's so clear that you uh, have faithfully persisted. And, and I, you go to, I think, you, I, I like the book of Jimmy. Um, James, if you know him as well as I do, sure. uh, I, I call him Jimmy. <laughs> Consider pure joy. Right. right, when you have various trials. There's another, you, you can go to another podcast where we talk about the power of perspective. And what you were endowed with as an eight-year-old kid was the understanding that you can decide. And that's such a gift for anybody in this world. And in this time, I'll even throw this out. With all the things that are happening in the nation right now, I'd be so bold to believe that if it, the, one of the solutions, that one little part of the solution might just be if we ask of one another, what are you here to do? Because that is not, doesn't matter how big you are, small you are, doesn't matter what color your skin is, doesn't matter what your background is, doesn't matter that none of that stuff matters. 
what yeah. matters is what's inside of a person. Mm-hmm. That's a question that, man, when more and more kids get asked that, uh, more and more greatness emerges in our right. community. You know, and I love that you're in White Center. Come on. Hey, let's do it. Let's go. Adrian. Thank you so much for being here. How can, um, how can people get a hold of you? Uh, well, oh yeah, uh, Run to Win website, uh, www.runtowin.org. Uh, I'd give you our phone number at our office, but we're not there very much right now, but it's 425-776-2946. Um, yeah, just reach out to us and uh, we'll get back in touch with you. Runtowin.org. Runtowin.org. Yes, yes. Like a race. Like a race. And one of our kids are two of our, three of our kids or four of our kids and my grandkids too to your camps after now. Now you'll probably be, I don't know how old you'll be at that time, but man, <laughs> I'm excited. Hey, uh, I have a big one next in July coming up. Okay. Big birthday. But like I like to tell yeah. people, my, my age is just a number, mine's unlisted. So let's go. <laughs> let's go. That's awesome. Let's go. Thank you so much for being with us. Thank you so much. Hey, you guys are a blessing. Thank you. God's best to you. Let's go. Thanks, Mike. Thanks so much. Thanks Do it again. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to the Love the Process podcast. You can find us on iTunes and Spotify. It means so much when you leave us a review and share with your friends. Bye.